Hey, I'm Josh. Brady. And today we have Kurt Koski with us. Um, and this is the Ruffles and Rails podcast. Yes, sir. Kurt, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good? Doing good. Feeling yeah. relaxed? Feeling, 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 feeling stress-free in a chaotic world right now. Good, I'm feeling tense, so at least one of us is stressed. For <laughs> some reason, my muscles feel tensed up. First podcast? Second podcast. Second podcast. Second podcast. Okay. Second podcast. Second podcast. Hey! <laughs> Third podcast. Oh, third podcast, third yeah. Podcast. Third podcast, Ooh. Yeah, okay. Awesome. So, um, how many people don't have toilet paper in this room right now? <laughs> we all won. We all won. Kurt raised his uh, hand. Yep. Yep. I'm, oh. I'm nervous. Like, I honestly thought I was running out of toilet paper until I found where we keep the toilet paper. So. <laughs> hey, listen, you go to the gas station... You go in there, you spend a, a solid two minutes, right? Do your business, and then you just double wrap over your hands. Double wrap. Stuff in the back pocket. You're good to go. Ain't no one know. Is that stealing? Does that count? If it, I mean, it's complimentary, right? It's if like you, it's like it's like know, taking like taking toothpaste from the hotel or taking soap. That's not stealing because the, they gave it to you. The towels are complimentary as well, right? All right. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think you're the only one who thinks that. Oh, okay. No. Okay. <laughs> I thought the I thought the towels were complimentary. I mean, if you just paid to get gas or you bought a you bought a drink, I mean, it's the least they can do. It's the least they can do. Get me on my toilet paper fix. I mean, go to the come and go. You're set. Jesus. No, so I was at I was at Costco not too long ago, and the amount of people who had like four like jumbo packs of like I'm talking just like your regular you know twelve rolls. I'm talking like Costco rolls. 26 rolls. Yeah. Holy. The size that, of one cart. Yeah, basically. And there was stockpiling that stuff. It's it's weird. And I don't, like, I feel like I'm out of the loop. Like, there's something that they know that I don't. And I don't know whether to be afraid of it or just keep laughing at them. I just don't know what it's doing. Like, what are you, do, what are you doing with all that? Like, are you just like, I get it. Like, you won't have to worry for about three years. About toilet paper, but is that like that you're necessarily like? This is a cool thing called leaves. Like I get right to well, hand. All I'm saying is no. <laughs> that sweet tax return everyone got. Wasted. Straight to Charmin. <laughs> yeah, I would honestly wish I would have bought their stock. Like I've oh, never yeah. dabbled in the stock market before, but I wish I would have. I'll tell you right now, Germex is throwing a party. Oh my. <laughs> Uh, what Purell or Johnson and Johnson, all those big uh big companies out there are now got deep pockets going. Yeah, deep pockets. And the gun industry is booming. Which like I so we're out of ammo. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> there is no nine mil. There is no forty. There's a little bit of forty five. People are literally buying like twenty fives now. Buy, they're buying ammo for guns they don't have. Yeah, they're just like, you know what? One day I'm going to trade this for a chicken and some toilet paper. Listen, the best thing that I've heard all years, my dad told my uh, my stepmom to go snag a, uh, a thing of toilet paper from Costco. And my, my stepmom, she was like, we already have toilet paper. Like, what do we need? And he goes, you know, I'm just thinking, like, for the long run, we might be able to trade it for a nice cabin in the woods. <laughs> nice cabin. On Craigslist right now. People are like selling toilet paper for like yeah. 
for like a whole pack for 50 bucks or like 50 cents a roll. Like so, Yeah, selling so, so it by the roll at this point. People are like selling like, like 9 mil ammo for a dollar, a dollar a round. Yeah, so at this point, I owe Kurt like $12. Yeah, well, nothing. Well, cool. Kurt, what do you do? What do you do in your free time? What do you do? I'm an entrepreneur. I like to take pictures in front of Lexuses. Uh, cool. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a thing I like to do. Um, Is that the Lexus that you want to be taking? Um, picture from? I'm going to be attempting to, to buy that Lexus oh, yeah. at one point, in, one point in my life. This reference, by the way, is to Andy Moore, um, the guy on our first podcast. Every single day, Kurt takes a picture in front of his Lexus. Yeah, <laughs> let him know. He's a solid man. Solid man. Uh, do uh, been doing judo and jiu-jitsu since four. Um, recently did a pro jiu-jitsu fight. Uh, unfortunately, lost to an armbar last minute and a half. Um, tell I mean, tell us more about that. How how uh, I mean, don't tell us more about you losing, but <laughs> oh man, <laughs> tell us. I mean, what was that experience like? Uh, it was actually, it was, it was really cool. So, coming up from doing judo and jiu-jitsu and doing, uh, basically just doing uh, state tournaments and, you know, competing in those almost three or, four, three or four times out of the year, training six days a week, almost out of 11 months, every single year, um, it was a completely different experience. I wasn't wasn't really mentally ready for it because get there the promoter he goes all right you're you're next up get in the bullpen okay cool you meet your opponent the day before it wanes so you have no idea like what he knows what he can do thankfully me i joked saying this is my first ever match and kind of kind of messed up but you know it's okay um get in the bullpen there's a huge arena set up, the, the mats out there. You have the huge uh, teleprompter up in the back. You have uh, lights going. You have people that are sitting there and they're screaming like they're pumped. Um, and as soon as they, they, the, the announcer looks over and goes, all right, please welcome Kurt Koski to the stage making his uh, first ever pro fight to win debate uh, debut. And you walk up the, that little catwalk, and the, the smoke goes, the lights, are, the lights are in your eyes. You can't see anything. I'm going to be honest. You do not see anything. Like, I didn't even know where the stage was. I was like, oh, please don't fall off. And you have the music going, and it just it starts to hit you, and you get pumped. And you're like, oh, wow, we're really doing this right now. Do you get pumped or nervous? Uh, so I, it, was a, it was a mixture of both. It was a little, little bit of, of, of nerves starting to kick in. As soon as I took my, as soon as I took my shoes off, that's when I really realized I was like, oh man, this is this is for real. This is this is my first pro fight. Let's 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 get it then. Um, I had my one of my one of my buddies corner me and uh, Captain Americana wears a American flag luchador mask. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Rocky Mountain Savages. Um, we uh, he was up behind me and everyone's just cracking up because he's wearing this luchador mask and. He's down in the corner, and I take my shoes off, and as soon as I uh, go out onto the mat, and I do a little jog, and I go over, and I start bouncing on the mat, just trying to keep my body warm, and it all of a sudden just hits me because the music stops, and then you just see everyone in the in the arena, and they're just looking at you, and you're like, oh, 
I better put on the show. Like, I'm about to go to war, and it better be good. Yeah. Um, and you did. You did. Yeah, I don't know. Was, did you get to see the I, video? I did see the video. That, like, flip? What do you call oh, it? It's like a uh, flying... Flying armbar, yeah. flying juju That down. was... Crazy, right? That was right? awesome. I saw that, and I was like... Oh, I was like, oh, here shit. Here we go. Yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty fun. Um, you know, the, the kid that I went with, uh, super, super good heart. Um, talked a lot of trash at the beginning, but... He, I mean, he, he came off of winning for the last, like, three months of just competing, so he had a really, like, really strong ego and had a pretty good game plan, and so when I went out there, and we bumped fists real quick and kind of just filling the film the playing level, trying to see where he was going to be at, and I felt, I was like, well, he's a wrestler, and he's he's won, he's won state a bunch of times, I, I, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to have him shoot in on me. I was like, I'm not ready for this right now. So basically just felt where he was at. He pushed my head down and said, all right, I know exactly what I'm going to do. As soon as I pop back up, I ended up going for the flying arm bar and ended up messing that. Uh, if I would have pulled his arm a little bit more, I would have had it. Um, and it was just it was just a scrap from there. Um, it, was, it, was, it was an experience. Uh, Definitely, he the way he handled it was a little different than me because he kept trying to figure out how much time he had left. Um, I still, for no reason, don't know why he asked that. All I told him was like, "It doesn't matter. Let's go, bro. Like, the, we got we got a show to put on. Let's do something here." And um, so that's I got, what he's saying, huh? When when you guys were like in the asking middle for time, yeah, yeah, he was asking what he, he was asking how much time he had left, and like, I was like, "You were just staring." Yeah, at I was like, "Let's go, man. Come on, like, let's go." <laughs> And meanwhile, in the background, they have it on uh, Flow Grappling. They have the background of what everyone else in the world is seeing when they're watching you. So they're listening to what the commentators are. And we have no idea what the uh, the commentators are saying about mm-hmm. us. So we're trying to figure out in our head, like, oh, man, like, we have, like, professional jiu-jitsu guys that are commentating on this right now. Oh, man, this better be good. So, you know, the last minute and a half... Um, I was trying to I was trying to get out and uh, I was gonna try and go for a, a leg lock and ended up messing up on one of the reversals and got caught into a, a triangle but I had both my arms in and ended up pulling the one pulling pulling the one arm back leaving my leaving my right arm down a little bit more and he just pushed pushed me down and ended up going into the arm bar yeah. so that's tough well. You might have lost, but you did put on like a hell of a show. Oh yeah, I cool. verbally I saw that and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Oh shit! This is about to get real. It's crazy. It was awesome. It was um, awesome. All right, so you make holsters. I do make holsters. All right, and you brought us a special one. I did bring a special one. All right. This is my favorite one. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about this. So, this is not your normal host holster, guys. We're I know we're rifles and reels, but we're not talking about a. You make the gun holsters. Oh yeah, don't yes. get us wrong. But this is not a gun holster. This is something better. Way better. Oh yeah. Um, for all of you, uh, all of you dip lovers out there, that's what this does. We got a. This holds your dip. It's a holster oh, for your chew, guys. That's a uh, crisp little sound we got there. A little crisp pop. So uh, basically, oh. I, I started doing holsters when I was in the police academy for a couple of my buddies, um, and you know, last couple of last couple of weeks, I was sitting there and having having dip in your back pocket and sitting down on it all the time. I was like, you know what? I was like, this is getting it's getting heated up. 
it's getting dried out a lot faster. I was like, there has to be, there has to be a, has to be a way. And there's a, there's some people out there that, that, that do the, do the Kydex with the little, uh, for the, for the dip hold. And I was like, you know what? I have the tools. I have, I have the knowledge. Let's go ahead. Let, let's start doing it. So, uh. And that was your first one. That was the first one. That was the, the, the first, right. first proto. It's clean. Very it, clean. It is clean. I like how it has a little, like, imprint. Oh, yeah, from you the Copenhagen. You, you can kind of see that Copenhagen in there. It's just, it's a good-looking holster, good quality materials. Kurt, hell of a job. Thanks, man. I've been walking around with that for the, what, now, past two days? Yeah, past two days. And it has been phenomenal. Turn upside down. Give it a shake. This thing does not come out. It is awesome. It has been my best friend. That's a solid, that's a solid... Toss down too. Uh, I put this, you know. I know, like, um, Benjamin Franklin may have made a way to harness electricity. I put this above that. Oh. A way to hold your dip. Oh, I thought this was. I thought this was above the wheel. Above the wheel. I thought this was above the wheel. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is above the wheel. In these, in the, in these chaotic times, there has to be. A hero. Not all heroes wear capes, badges, no, some drag of them, hoses. Some of them hold your dip. Yeah, some That's of them hold they, your dip. That's what they do. <laughs> and let me tell you, in these times, with the stress of the community, sometimes you just need a, a good relaxing dip. <whistles> Throw that back, bad boy back in that holster, you're solid. Don't have to worry about it drying out or anything. I'll catch myself just like taking it out of the holster and putting it back in. Just for fun. Just for fun. I know. Absolutely, just for fun. Just Nothing fun. else. Just fun. No, I'll, yeah. So, Kurt, how has, you know, your fighting career, like, kind of helped you, like, with everyday life? So, it basically, it's been, it's been a completely different experience, um, you know, growing up, my dad was law enforcement, and my dad was came from Germany. Um, was born uh, born in Berlin, grew up there until he was eighteen. Came to the states. Um, he was always getting bullied. Um, people calling him a Nazi. Um, he was always getting in fights. So he took up martial arts at a relatively early stage in his life. Um, tried to get some guidance. He uh, didn't have the best upbringing, so. When he uh, decided that he was going to have kids, he said that he was going to put them into martial arts because he didn't want them to get bullied the way that he did. So growing up, we always had, uh, I mean, it was quite funny. We, uh, my brother, when my brother turned four, the first thing my dad did was say, come here. So my older brother goes over and my dad just threw him on the kitchen floor. <laughs> that, was all he, that was all he did. My brother was hooked. When I turned four... Same thing. Oh, Kurt, hey, come here real quick. Right after my dad gets home off of patrol, and I'm super pumped to see my dad. I'm like, yes, let's like let's go. I'm going to get a hug or something. No, it was a straight Ogoshi to the ground, just straight hip toss. Little four-year-old slamming onto the kitchen tile. And, you know, it's it was cool. I mean, I, I, I did get spanked as a child, but I knew I was in trouble when it was time to get thrown onto the freaking <laughs> kitchen floor. There was there there's there's no telling how uh how that day was gonna go. This is um we live in different times. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now 
Now you lose your controller. Yeah, <laughs> you lose your controller now. Give me your PlayStation. It's going in the closet. What? That's okay. I'll steal it back after your sleep. That's got to build like some kind of like oh, high demand of character. Oh, yeah. Know? it. So going growing up with it, I never never told anyone about it, never, never flaunted it or anything. Um, it really, until high school, um, I had a buddy who was sponsored uh, for mountain biking. He was eighth in the nation, um, sponsored by Subaru, Power Bar, Cliff Bar, all of them. Um, me, him, and another buddy, we had a locker together. So my buddy brought in all his stuff that he had, all the sponsorship stickers and stuff. And he, At the time, I was state champion for my uh, weight and age category for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So he was like, hey, man, bring your, bring your medals in. And we'll pit him in the locker. I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm cool with that. So I pit him in the locker, and we called it sponsor locker. So everyone in the school knew whose locker it was because we just had the, the front covered with stickers. I had um, a couple of the, the sponsors for my jiu-jitsu, um, the, my gym that we had. Uh, then my buddy had all this stuff. So when you open up the locker, you just see all these, all these uh, trophies. And everyone would always be like, whose are those? And then my buddy would just be like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. And then it was really weird. We had a, a couple of uh, buddies that went from my high school. They went up to the state tournament, and we were sitting there. And uh, the next day in digital, I walk in, and they're like, holy smokes, dude, I didn't know you were state champ. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't tell anyone. And they're like, dude, you're, like, you're really good, bro. Like, what? why aren't you telling people like you should be like you should be like making money right now and unfortunately at the at the time when i was 16 um i had a i had a chance to go uh get sponsored um with a couple, couple different companies and go train up in denver but because my dad had been training me since i was four i didn't want to lose that connection i had with my dad and when i told him about it he was you could see he was a little it was that moment when, like, the sun is growing up and, like, going somewhere. Yeah. And the dad still, like, kind of wants to be there. And I, I unfortunately turned him down and said, I appreciate the offer and everything, but I started this with my dad. I want to end it with my dad. And it, it really, it builds character. It makes you a very humble person. Um, I don't sit there and think that I can, like, jack anyone up or that I'm better than anyone. But... At the end of the day, when it comes down to it, if something were to happen to at a place of work or outside, um, really anywhere, I know that I'm gonna be able to handle my own stuff and make sure that if there's someone else there that can't handle that can't handle the situation, that they get to go home and see their family or see their parents or whatnot. Because people are people are ruthless now, and um, you know I had a I had a gun get stuck in my face in high school, and that was one of the times where I, I thought I was actually going to die. And um, that was a very weird experience because my adrenaline kicked in and I was in my dad's car and my dad, being a cop, usually has his gun in the car and he took it out that day and I was like, all right, well, this is going to be an interesting time. Um, ended up talking my way out of it because, uh, unfortunately, I flipped my Jeep a uh, month prior to this incident and... Just a couple kids that were breaking the cars, and guy thought I was the one that was doing it, and I wasn't. It was really, really strange how everything kind of unfolded. But um, the moment that he stuck the gun in my face and told me to get out of the car, 
kind of shot everything else out. I had a, a friend in the in the passenger seat, and she had to get down on the floorboard, and she's sitting there crying, and the dude's sitting there saying, I don't care. She's crying. Like, you're the one that's out here. No one else is out here. And, you know, it kind of makes you go back because I have all this training and everything, and when it comes down to it, you're going to either fight or you're going to get the flight. And you don't want to do the flight. Um, we have businesses that have the, the, um, uh, uh, or just like hide or run, hide, and then fight for your last thing. The last mean necessary is to fight. Um, I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. <laughs> if someone, if someone were to come into my place of work with a gun or anything like that, and they were extremely furious, I'm not going to sit there and run to the back. I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to watch my coworkers freaking huddle in fear in the corner especially while something's going on i'm gonna be the first person over there and i if i die doing something to defend my to, to defend my co- co-workers or my family or my friends then so be it. at least i know i did something instead of letting instead of letting them control the situation regardless of how people view or feel about it so it, it um i just got a lot more confident working with Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a lot more confident working with Kirk. <clears throat> All right, so you just finished the academy. You said I did not long ago. Um, I mean, we've talked about your plan for police departments. How did the academy kind of I don't know change your let's go into shooting form? Yeah, that's a good point. You know. So it everyone everyone's gonna have different different views on how how to shoot, right? Um, you know, I went. Went shooting with I went shooting with Andy uh, Andy Moore, and great instructor, phenomenal. Um, he has very good. Uh, he's very good at what he does. Um, for his aspect of it, it's phenomenal. Um, coming from like the the academy and then shooting with um, my buddies that are on departments already and my dad who's law enforcement, they. Their shooting style is completely different from other other styles out there. Um, even everything from the way that you present the gun out, from how you do uh, not your reloads, but basically just how you manipulate the gun. It's a little bit different, but it it definitely it gave me a, a better key of confidence. Um, just getting more one on one experience. I if I believe correctly, it was over six or seven thousand rounds that we did through the Glock 17s so pretty pretty solid with the Glock um and then we you know we did we did the ARs and we only shot about 500 rounds through it um shotgun though shotgun was was amazing Mm -hmm. shot about 200 rounds and did the state qualifying course um the thing with Colorado is the all uh all academies for um to get post certified uh CSP El Paso um Denver, any of those uh, agencies and academies, you have to get a hundred percent to pass post. So that means you can drop two uh, two shots two shots on the target. You drop any more than that, you're done. The FBI, you can pass with a sixty percent. So we did the FBI's qualify uh, qualifier, and you could miss. I think it was like twenty something shots on the paper out of a hundred. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's. So when when you think about like police getting involved in shootings and stuff, if, if it was a clean shot or not, Colorado officers have 
a lot more training than the freaking FBI does with their shot placements. I mean, granted, there's some shot, there's some shoots that have happened, and you're like, did you really need to? But at the end, at the end of the day, officer safety is the number one priority. I'd love to know, since you're going in to become a police officer, what is your view on police brutality, police shootings? Um, oh, we're getting deep. Yeah, we're getting deep. We're getting deep. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, so, that's what this podcast is about. Is it? <laughs> so with a... <laughs> like this uh, this last police shooting that we had that made headlines all over the... Um, is that that one in Fountain? Uh, not the one in Fountain. There's uh, one that was here in the Springs. And... um. It was the, I think it was the Davon, not Davon, Davon Bailey, I think. Um, but anyways, there is a, a call that came into dispatch, and a guy had said that he had just been uh, robbed uh, with a weapon by two individuals. He knew the individuals, um, gave them their, uh, gave them where they where they were headed, uh, a description of them. So two CSB officers go and. They can they they stop they stop the the two gentlemen that are walking, and they start talking to him. Well, the one guy is a cousin, and then the other uh, the other person I was with him was just a, just a buddy. So basically, what happened is two officers are talking, and the the cops are saying, "Hey, keep your hands above your waist. Let let's see let let's, let's see what's in your hands." So they're sitting there like this, and another cop comes up from behind. And is sitting there, and you see uh, Davon. He literally looks back, and then the cops go, "Do you guys have any weapons on you?" And he sees the other uh, the other officer coming from behind, and he immediately takes off right after. And you can see uh, you can see his cousin look over at him, like, "You have a, you have a weapon. You say something right now." And he doesn't say anything, so he takes off running. Anytime you start running from a cop, and you keep pinning your hands down to your waist you're going to get shot, period. It doesn't matter if you're unarmed or not because at the end of the day, it's officer safety. That officer has a, pri- or a, a priority of life. He has to make sure he, he has a duty to his community. He has to make sure he goes home. He, ha- uh, he, he has to go home safe, right? Um, he has to make sure that everything he's doing in that situation is going to be under control no matter what the situation is, no matter how much chaos is about to come afterwards. Um, the kid started running and he starts shoving his hands down the, down the, down in the shorts, and the officers are saying, "Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. You need to stop." When an officer gives you that lawful command to stop, you you're automatically already right there breaking the law. Um, there's a CRS statute that states you have uh, if an officer gives you a, a verbal command, you have to you have, legally have to follow it. Um, but with the way that today's society is, no one no one no one really does anymore so kids still sitting there messing around and the kid looks back and while he's looking back he has his hand in his shorts and his other hand right over over top of it and he looks back like that big body movement like that with the cop looking your hands and and your hands in your pants 99% of the time 99.9% of the time you're gonna get a shot and it's gonna be from the officer um, that's what the officer did. The officer pulled out, pulled out his gun. You don't, we don't say, Hey, we're going to shoot you. If you do not stop moving, you pulled out, bang, done. You stop the threat at that point. The officers, everything's the totality of the circumstances. So they knew that these two guys just did a strong arm robbery 
on this other guy. So they know that there's a weapon involved. They know that there's two su there's two suspects. If it's these two, they're not 100% sure, right? At this point, they have they have the description and stuff, but they still have to build a a list of things to check off. But the moment that they start running is basically everything's going to start going downhill. So as soon as he fires, guy gets down. They go over and they start immediately giving him uh giving him a uh, medical attention. And as they're doing medical attention on him, they're searching him too. They pick cuffs on. People get really upset when you pick cuffs on someone that you just shot. Okay, well, yeah, first of all, the <laughs> yeah, they you don't know who they are. You don't know what their what what their threat level is to you. Handcuffs you can take off. If it's a dead body, you can take them off. Handcuffs are something we can take off of a person. Uh, they start uh, they start searching him, and in the video you can clearly see the Glock that he that he had, and the 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 kid described it. He said it, it was a Glock. You can see it in his shorts in the video. Um, CSP did a really good thing about uh, putting all the CRS statues at the end of at the end of the video, stating like the the officers were legally justified in what they did, and people were protesting it. Um, What's that? Yeah, they were they were saying that that was ridiculous that the, those officers may be reprimanded like they like they should be the ones that should be shot. Okay, first of all, it all it all goes back to so what a life. Yeah. 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 What, what, you're it, trading a life there. It, it it all goes back to basically having how you're raised and how you're brought up, right? All these kids get a slap on the wrist now for anything that happens in court. Um, there needs to be an actual punishment that's stricter. Because otherwise, these kids aren't going to learn. Um, if a cop comes up, if a, if a cop pulls you over in a car and says, like, hey, I'm officer so-and-so with this agency, the reason why I stopped you today is because your tail light is out. Can I see your, your license and registration? And if you casually hand it to them and say, hey, here you go, you know, and just have a conversation with them for a couple seconds, just be like, hey, how's your day going? That's going to completely change the tone of the officer. Traffic stops are one of the most dangerous things. You don't know what's in the car. You don't know who's in the car. Car could come back stolen. You don't know until you get back into your car. Yeah. So um, if, if you keep that interaction with cops and just let them know, like, hey, like, I want thank you for what you're doing right now. Um, I appreciate it. Law enforcement doesn't get a lot of respect right now. Um, it's just you have to keep that good communication open with them. And if you're respectful and kind and courteous, they're gonna do the same exact thing, and they're gonna let you. They're gonna let you. They could let you off with a warning. It's all officer discretion at that point. Mm -hmm. If they give you a ticket or not, um, so it's basically just be just be kind. It's really, what the world needs. Be yes. kind. Especially now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now. I had one guy. I mean, you tell me what you think about this. I had one guy at work. He came, and he asked me. He said, "Can't you just shoot him in the kneecap?" And I didn't say anything because, you know, you have to be a professional at that time. And you just nod your head, you know, and hope they walk away. But it's, I mean, the fact that, like, some people think that, first of all, you're not shooting to injure. You're shooting because your life is on the line. And, I mean, that's what the mentality is, is you're going to shoot someone, you're shooting to kill. Like, I'm unloading a clip because my life is in danger. Yeah. You know? And then plus hitting that small of a target, right, target a moving target, yeah. Would be ridiculous. As you're trying to move, yep. it's just, uh, I don't know. People have, you know, I mean, people who aren't educated, I guess, 
uh, have a weird, I mean, mentality as far as, you know, what you can do with the firearm. You know, there's a big talk about using less lethal forces. That, like that's... Beam, you know, beanbags and, you know, shot shells, stuff like that. And it just kind of falls into... The, the opponent is not what, using. You mean a you mean a taser? That's we we have that. Well, yeah. So that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm the taser. It's like that's a that's a yeah. So uh, the academy. Uh, anytime you draw your weapon, it's you're not shooting to kill. You're 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 shooting to stop the threat. We we don't go out there and we're not going to shoot someone to 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 kill them. We're shooting to stop the threat. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, there's less lethal options that we have. People will sit there and be like, "Oh, you could have just tased the guy. You could have, you could have maced him, or you could have used the baton." Okay, there's a lot of people out there that a taser does not affect. People can sit there and take a beating, and people can get sprayed with pepper spray and still fight. Yeah, um, people are hopped up on God it, knows who, you know what now. It absolutely falls back to what you're talking about. Uh, meeting your opponent yeah like, the day before weigh-ins yep. and you don't know what they're doing yep falls into the same thing you don't know exactly what everybody's capable of oh yeah no and it's it's crazy like the people that sit there and say oh like like you should have used a taser on him you didn't you didn't need to shoot him there's a video uh it was in athens georgia and they got a call about the about this guy that was uh that was wielding a knife and you just hopped up on that um Couple officers are sitting there trying, trying, uh, trying to, trying to get him down. Um, they tase him like three different times, and he's still sitting there just moving. Um, so, the one officer and the guy sitting there running at him with a freaking knife. So the officer pulls out his gun, shoots him once. Dude drops, gets back up, grabs a hold of the other officer, and pulls the officer around uh, by a, a rear naked choke, and is sitting there with a knife to his throat. The officer that shot him the first time backed up and took two shots, took him down, straight to the dome. He wasn't shooting to kill; he was shooting to stop the threat. Yeah, they still the pit, yeah, they still pit, they still put the handcuffs on him, still searched him. Um, he had drugs in his system. It's all totality of the circumstances. You can get tased, and that taser will depend. It depends on what you're wearing too. If you're wearing a, a thick Carhartt jacket, for for instance. The Taser 27s, those don't, those will not penetrate through. They have a new Taser, uh, the Taser 7, that has four prongs instead of two. Uh, the original Tasers have like a fish prong that stick that sticks backwards. So when it goes in, you have to pull the actual barb. The new Taser 7 is like a pitchfork. So as soon as it goes in, it spreads out and it just it sticks. Like it, the the penetrating power that that has, it will go through like a Carhartt jacket and a sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, there. Oh, I would not want to take a taser. No. Yeah, no. Ta- five seconds. That's all you have to do, and they call it riding, riding the lightning for a reason. And let me tell you what, your entire body, sh- like, just contracts itself into oh one. My God. Your whole body tenses up, and you can't do anything. You can talk. Uh, some people, scream. yeah, some people will scream. Uh, I had a buddy in the academy. He was like, "Is that all you got?" Like, as he's getting tased, and everyone's like, "All right, cool." And I was sitting there, and all I did was just I, I said that I said a slew of f bombs the entire time for the full five seconds. So I was like, oh, okay, okay, that was rough. Yeah. Um, her, okay, I heard that you feel good afterward, like like the day after. Oh yeah, the day after you feel like a new man. Really feel great. You yeah. feel great, yeah, because all your literally so all your muscles get contracted in. So the only the only times that your muscles are ever gonna do that is. 
Yeah, I only. I can't think of another free massage. Free massages. I mean, the moment that that taser stops, your whole body relaxes, and you just like you step up and you're like, oh, wow, like it's like a really nice like deep massage. It's it's weird. I will never get tased again. I hate tasers. Uh I will take pepper spray all day. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like pepper spray would suck. Pepper spray does. it, It does suck. You ever shot yourself? No, I've never shot. You've never, like, like, been, like, plugging, like, uh, I don't know, like well, a charger I've like been into like, the outlet or something? Like, a little bit, but I haven't been, you know, shocked by, what are tasers, like, 80,000? 70,000. 70,000 volts for five seconds? No, I have not done that. But have you, like, like your hand, like, hit that outlet, and I'd be like, oh, oh yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. That's, like, like, that's not even half a second. Yeah. Think about that. You want that for five seconds? I yeah, would, it's... I'd shit myself. Yeah, some it, people do. Right on, yeah, some people right, do. I would, that's, and that right there is why so many people are buying toilet paper right now. <laughs> yeah. Every, they know every, they're going to break the law. Everyone, everyone, everyone's worried about these tasers. Nah, you sh- should be worried about freaking, um, what are they called? Uh, oh, man, what the heck are they called now? It's a, uh, uh, the little pepper balls. Oh, oh God. What? So it's a little gun. Oh, I think I've seen them shoot them in yeah. the back of someone's car one time to clear out. Yeah, so they have a, a taser makes them, I believe. And literally, you can just sit there and pop them off, dude. And they literally just... Oh, it's just... It's worse than it's worse than us. Because you get these like paintball-sized welts that are coming at you because it has a primer that, that shoots them. Oh, it's just... It's it's tough. It's ridiculous. Are you going to shot with one of those? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. They're not fun. Oh. Not fun. Do you, okay, so like all this stuff, like the OC and the, and the taser, please tell me you just bang that out in one day and then just... Oh, no. And then go home. Oh, no, we did... So, one day, we did uh, we did a whole uh, a whole uh, six hours on OC, how OC was started, um, the effects of OC, the different kinds of OC. So, we have uh, the OC that you can get at uh, Walmart, um, like Dick Sporting Goods, places like that. Um, the little, like, uh, personal defense ones, yeah. those are not really pepper spray. They, they have, like, a little tiny bit of, a uh, capsium, uh, capsium spray, which is the, uh, the chili, the chili powder is grounded up to, it's like a micron. micron yeah, yeah, it's, the, the military is the one that invented it, so, uh, Anthrax, the the guy developed the machine to ground it up to a super super tiny little. You have to see it with a microscope, mm-hmm. and so the stuff that's in the little personal dis- defense sprays is not what not what you should be carrying around. You go down to Gauls, go down to any of your uh, the the local police store that um, outfits all the police departments. You can go in there. You don't need a permit to get uh, to get pepper spray. Go in there, get yourself. Uh, like two uh two million Skullville units, a little tiny bottle. You can get a bigger one. One spray of that, you you'll clear out a whole department. Like the whole department store, it's terrible. Um, they have Fox spray, which is set, uh five thousand Skullville units. You will not see for two days with that. It Jeez. is insane. Um, what about bear spray? Bear bear spray. So bear spray is kind of that same um that same thing. It's it's just highly concentrated. Um, Plus, it can shoot out like seventy feet. Yeah, the <laughs> and that, that's the other thing too. Like when people get the pepper spray, they just sit there and hold it, 
you're what you're really supposed to do is you're just supposed to do a stripe. So you literally click, boom, across the face, done. That's all you need. But people are saying here spraying the whole can and you're like <clears throat> trying like not to <laughs> cough and like can't breathe because it gets into your lungs and I don't care who you are, what you've been told, milk does not get <laughs> get pepper spray off of your face. You cannot drink milk to get that to go away. The only thing that can help is water and a lot of fresh air. Standing in front of a fan and letting it blow off all that dust. The dust stayed on me for three days. I was sweating and it was reactivating. Oh it was a little burst, so it wasn't like the full effect. First effect, you get sprayed. Um, they have you go out and they have you um, start punching uh, punching in one of the bags because they want you to know that you can still see and you can still fight through the uh, fight through it, even though you're kind of semi blind. Um, after that, you go drop your head down to a bucket of clear water, and you open your eyes and you just see like a flash of like orange light, and that's all you can see. And you're sitting there trying to blink, and then you come up and then you pitch your head in a thing that's got baby uh, baby wash in it because it helps get all that oil and stuff off. So go in there dump into the next clean water and then uh another one of the baby oil and then you rinse your face off with the hose well yeah that only helps so much you have to just sit there and let that air hit and after that air hits you're good uh we waited about two hours until everyone was okay to drive back home um oh you just hop in yeah right after that yeah i i tried to i was like yo i'm good my uh, my director is like koski no you go, go sit over there your eyes are still red we had People that are extremely, extremely white, um, almost borderline albino, they have the worst effects. Their eyes will literally shut themselves. Oh, and wow. you can't, like, you can't, they don't even look like the same person. I have a picture with everyone, with uh, all, all the cadets and stuff, and we're all sitting there like this with our with our hands up, like, super pumped. And then you have, like, a couple of the buddies in the back, and they're, like, <laughs> waving, like, <laughs> eyes shut. Um Trying not to like wipe their eyes. Yeah, try not to wipe. But you go, you go home. You're told to shower like this for a reason. You're told to dip your face forward, dip your back butt, or dip your butt back, because when all that uh, the water hits, all that dust is gonna come off, and if it runs straight down to your body, it's gonna go straight to your. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, and that's nope. that's a burning sensation you do not want. You don't want any burning sensations, but. It's not a good one. Um, Did you fall for that? No, I oh, was smart. Okay, okay. but then again, I was in the shower for a total of thirty seconds before the reactivation occurred, and I was crying, like it was terrible. I started crying. So I had water activates it. Yeah, water reactivates it. Wow. So, yeah, so I, I started like snot started coming out. It was worse than the first activation. Uh, went and sat in front of an AC unit, just sitting there holding my eyes open. And waiting for like the for it to cool down. You have to wash your clothes separately. If you don't care about the clothes, toss them. But if you wash them with any other clothes, all of that dust sticks to it. Ooh, hard pass. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's a it's a rough situation. I wouldn't want that on my boxers. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I just throw it all away. Oh yeah, my uh, my instructor had a, a very funny story about how he uh, first time he got sprayed with OC, he uh, went home. Threw his shirt in with his wife's laundry. His wife went to put, uh, put her, her her night her night attire on, and she started jumping out of bed and was like, "Oh, what is happening right now?" And uh, that that OC reactivated. 
Ooh. Definitely sent a very, uh, very bad feeling sensation. That's no bueno. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a, not a good choice. That is absolutely no bueno. Well, Kurt, our whole brand here is rifles and rails. Um, I like to talk about hunting, fishing. Do you have any experience with hunting and/or fishing? Yeah, I actually do. Um, so <laughs> you sounded so surprised. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so actually, I. I do go hunting. Um, we go to a, a nice little, nice little town called Buena Vista out here in Colorado. It's lovely. Um, great, great place. We hunt in Forty Nine. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you guys the exact location because okay. yeah. family secret. But You're right we'll, we'll take we'll turn we'll turn the podcast <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we're all, we're we're always filling our tags. Um, there's been years where hunters don't get their tags filled. Um, and you know a lot of times a lot of people do drive hunts and you have to physically get out and actually go pit the time pit the effort in you want to if you want to fill that tag that year you best hope that you're doing everything to please the, the hunting the hunting gods um i mean like we have we have we have traditions like you see a dime on the ground heads up you're picking up you're kissing it you're throwing in a little uh kangaroo little sack you did that yesterday yeah, yeah i did do that um Throw the throw that in your pocket. That goes in that goes in your your hunting bag, goes with you everywhere. Um, you know we we're always saying like oh one love one love, and you know we do that because we have like a super close bond. I go with my with my uh, with my uncles, and they took me when I was ten. So it got started kind of late in it. Um, first couple years until I never too late. Never too true, late. Never too late true. to start hunting. Um, went in when I was twelve. Got my got my first tag. Um, for a uh, for 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 a buck, we ended up going out. Just kept running into a bunch of does. Didn't see anything. My uncle already filled his 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 tag, so he had a really nice buck hanging in camp. And then it was just me, the newbie. <laughs> I was like, all right, time to prove myself. So my other uncle, he was like, all right, we're gonna go. Let's go see what we can do. Last day of the hunt, we didn't see it. Didn't see any buck. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. We saw one, like, three-point, but he was, I think it was, like, 350 yards away. It was close to four. It was a couple ridges over. And my uh, mom was like, that's a long shot. I was like, yeah, that is a long shot. I was like, let's try and get closer. By the time we were down in the little valley and went back up to the next ridge, they were gone. Um, so we kind of just went on, went around and said, you know what, whatever. Like, we'll... we'll, we'll 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 do one last night hunt. So we go on we go on the night hunt, and me and my uncle are sitting there, and we're walking down this uh, the opposite side of this trail. It's been there like Jesse James time, like old school train tracks, and we're walking. And my uncle all of a sudden like stops me. He's like, "Hey, do you see that?" And I was like, sitting there looking, and I was like, "No, dude, I don't know what you're looking at." And he goes, "There's a face looking at you." He's like, "There's white, and then you'll see black." And I'm like looking, and I'm like, "Oh." You mean the aspen tree right there, dude? And he goes, yes, the aspen, the tree. aspen tree. And I was like, okay. And then you see it, like, just do a tiny movement. And I was like, that's not an aspen tree, dude. Like, <laughs> that's a deer. And he goes, that's a doe. We're going to sit here. And does, like, when, when you go hunting, if you pay attention to the does, they're going to sit there and they're going to start to look back to see what the buck is going to do. The buck's going to sit there and bed down. The does are, gonna, the does are either going to stay or they're gonna flee and they're not gonna try and give up the position of where the the buck is, but every time they every time they do that little turn back or they turn their ear, they're listening to try and find out what that buck is getting ready to go do. 
So every time we every time we've seen that when we go hunting, we're always like, "There's a buck somewhere around here." So it's always that waiting game, and a lot of people, a lot of people just want to sit there and be like, "Oh, dear, let's let's blast it." Like, all right, what, where's the fun in that? Like, I mean, granted, yeah. I do love seeing I do love seeing a nice deer coming out like coming down the trail and then. Oh shoot! Okay, get the rifle out, go haul butt because you—they already took off. You don't even have a chance to shoot. Um, we sat there for about 30, 40 minutes, and another another uh, deer started walking up on on top of the hill above all the other uh, does, and you see him stop and shooting light was going down. And my uncle looks over and he's like, "I think that's a buck." He's like, "I'm ninety nine percent sure that's a buck, but I just can't tell because the shooting light was down." And he's like, I think it's a little spike. He's like, and if it's a spike, he's like, we can shoot it. He's like, I think it's above five, uh, five inches. And I was like, all right. And so we sat there and my uncle goes, what do you want to do? He's like, we can try and stalk and get a little bit closer before a shooting light goes down and we can see if we can get a shot or we can just call it. And I was like, let's try and go in. Why not? We got within 15 yards of mm-hmm. this group and just duck walked all the way up, super quiet, sitting there with the rifle up, like, eyes on the freaking deer and uh right when my uncle my uncle goes he's like he's like you can take the shot he's like if you if you if you want to he's like i'm, I'm positive that's a, that that's a buck and uh right when he was like take the shot I took it off safety and as soon as i took it off safety shooting light went literally like 30 seconds left shooting lights gone so we go back they're like hey we'll go back the last day of the season okay cool we go out there, we see absolutely nothing. Um, saw a bunch of does and stuff. So we're getting ready to just say, you know what, let's leave, let's bounce. My uncle's driving his little Jeep Wrangler. My other uncle's in the passenger seat, and I'm in the back of it. And if you know a Jeep Wrangler, like it's so hard to get out of the back seat. Like, yeah. It's time-consuming. So I'm sitting there back there. Mind you, I use a freaking uh, Savage Arms uh, Model 99 from 1899 uh, lever-action rifle beautiful gun gorgeous i'm sitting back there and my uncle literally dad arms my other uncle slams him in the chest and my uncle just slams on the brakes and he goes deer and on my face like i was like oh yes let's go (laughs) and my uncle literally i've never seen someone jump out of a vehicle so fast like in full like full hunting gear like whoop pops out backpack and all he jumps out and like he's like, "Let's go, Kurt." They took off like they booked it. So my uncle's already like a hundred yards away from me, and I'm like still struggling to get out of the back of the jeep. And my other uncle's like, "Bro, hurry up and get out." So I'm like stumbling out of the jeep, and I'm trying to like catch up with him. I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't do this." And finally, like, luckily he ate uh, chili cheese Fritos and didn't like. I mean, he ate like two full bags of them, so he was not feeling too hot. Um, so I finally catch up to where I think he is and he's off to the left side of me, like 50 yards away. He's like, get over here, get over here. And he's meanwhile on the ground, like puking. And I'm like, all right, dude. So I'm like hustling over there and he goes, they're literally two ridges across, like 200 yards away. You think you can take a shot? And I was like, dude, I don't know, man. After all this running out now, he goes, well, you're going to need to find some time, like find it right now. He's like, because that the there's a deer literally it, it was perfect the way it was set up so we had uh there's a clear little opening in between all these trees that just shot straight down to the uh the ridge line that they were on and monko goes 
I'm pretty sure that's that same spike we saw. I just I'm I'm waiting for him to to turn because I can't tell because of his ears, and so we're sitting there and he goes, "Get ready, take it off safety, because you're gonna shoot." And I said, "All right, man." So I'm sitting there with the rifle up, and it was just perfect timing because as soon as as soon as I brought the rifle up, the deer turned its head and my uncle goes, "Buck, shoot it!" I shot it, dropped straight down. My uncle looked at me, kissed me on the cheek. He was like, "Yes, dude, yes, your first buck." We go over, I was like, oh, dude, I was like, no way. My uncle was like, I'm 100% sure this is that same spike. The only spike anyone saw in camp the uh-huh. entire time. So, yeah, that's the first one. There yeah. you go. Got that's a bunch, awesome. of, a bunch of other to, stories about him. There's nothing like Phil in the freezer. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was a great time just seeing him drop right away. Um, I had a second one where jumped over dry riverbed holding my rifle in my hand like this koala bear like gripped my uncle was like dude yes i got him that one was honestly i have some weird luck when i go hunting because we don't see anything and then like the last day when we're just like goofing off like this is stupid why are we doing this then you know you get two all massive bucks yeah all opportunities present themselves so it's yeah it, it, it it's fun it, it, it's a good experience um Fishing is fishing's eye. Fishing's for the birds. Fishing's for oh, the wow. birds. Oh wow. Okay. That hurts me. Yeah. Oh, is that, that hurts hurt? I just you know, I I I can gut a deer, you know, deal with a deal with bodily fluids and all that jazz, but for some odd reason, there's something about fish. Fish just they scare me. I don't like the feeling of them. We uh we took you to go get sushi. That, we took that was a. I want sushi. I love Dude, sushi. Dude, now I'm starving, man. That yeah. was a good. Ex- Let me tell you what. First time ever eating sushi, it was a solid experience minus the, the caviar. Yeah, we 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 hooked him up with some caviar and he ate it, and we were like, "Well, you know what that is, right?" And he was like, "No, don't don't start with me now. Don't start." <sighs> That's like, I had to, I forgot who I was telling this to. You guys know what Rocky Mountain Oysters are? Yep. Yeah, you definitely That yep. is disgusting. First of all, they're amazing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> You're telling me, Kurt, that they're not good? I'm telling you this right now for a fact. They're absolute trash. <laughs> Whoa, okay. I don't mean to come on here and spread hate towards Rocky Mountain Oysters, but it That's takes a delicacy, a, it takes a, I know it's a delicacy. It takes a certain person to like them. That's two to one. That's two to one. <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, um, man. For okay. that doesn't know what Rocky Mountain oysters are, it's bull testicles. Yeah, okay. So they basically, yeah, it's bull testicles that are fried up, and then, I mean, you eat it with, like, ranch or That's ketchup, ketchup or horseradish, anything. I'm yeah. all about trying new stuff, but, like... Have you tried them? No, I've not tried them. No, you haven't tried them. Then don't be talking trash <laughs> if you haven't tried them, Josh. <laughs> I mean, not, I can I can attest with Brady on this because I did talk mad trash on sushi, but I sucked it up until I got there and then I ate it and then I told you guys I never liked sushi. Right, but like sushi is something that so many people eat. Like, would you eat bull testicles? No. How are they? How are they prepared? How are they prepared? They're are they fried. like fried? Yeah, they're fried. Yeah, fried. So what does it look like? It looks like. It, well, it's not like it's not like the actual testicle. Okay, it's uh like shaved. <laughs> it's I the, fucking it, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope he's no, shaved. Okay, all right. I don't right, right. hairy balls in my mouth. Basically, they're, yeah. they're, like, they're like cut, right? Yeah, they like, yeah, they like cut. Cut the sack. Yeah. Cut the sack off. Jeez. You pull you pull the actual testicles, testicles out, clean them off. Um, 
as soon as you clean them off, basically, you throw them into, uh, uh, you, I believe it's beer batter. It's a beer batter mixture. It's basically the same thing as like fish and chips. Okay. Um, throw it into a beer batter it's not mix. the same thing as fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> throw it into the beer batter mix, and then you throw it into like uh, the flour or whatever, um, whatever crust that you're going to use for it, and then toss it in the fryer for a minute, minute 30. Like, so like, like pickle chips? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. fried pickles? Yeah, like fried pickles, I guess, yeah. Or fried oysters. Have you had fried oysters? No, I've not had fried oysters. Mm-hmm. I love mussels, though. So, like, but, okay. Those are good. Those I are just want to make sure you got the, You're not just eating a ball. Like, you're not so just So I'm not take, cutting into it and it's not, like... <laughs> no, it's it's thin. Like, they're cut. Yeah. Like, they, they have the testicle, right? Uh-huh. And then they cut slice them. Up. They slice them up. And then so they're thin. Right? And then they fry it. Have you had, like, calamari? I love calamari. Okay, just... I think it's calamari. It's no. not the same. So many people were like, "Oh, like when I first had like alligator, oh, they're like, oh, they're, like they're like, oh, it tastes just like chicken." No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It tastes <laughs> just like alligator. Yep. <laughs> alligator tastes like alligator. Chicken tastes like chicken. It's like snakes. There's a different like. You've had snake? Is yeah. it good? Rattlesnake, yeah, rattlesnake's super good. It's just really? there's a lot of there, it's a lot of picking little tiny bones out, but it, it's good. Um, doesn't taste like chicken. Is there like snakes that you? can't cook well I imagine like garter snake would be pretty tough tiny they're very small I mean honestly like a rattlesnake you can cook it yeah you can cook you can cook a rattlesnake grill up throw it up on the grill it's good Hmm. yeah I'm you should be able to kill shoot kill any anything and eat it I really there are things I feel like that are probably not the best like, 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 like would you poisonous? like would you eat? Are you, are you asking like venom? Like yeah, venom yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, they have like certain like glands. Like, is that just in their mouth? Like nothing like. Oh yeah, no, yeah. You, you won't get any uh, as long as you so, with like rattlesnakes. Like when we went, um, yeah. As soon as you as soon as you get them, like got cut cut the head off immediately, um, and then stay away from the head because the head's still gonna be active. So you can still get struck by the head. The head can like move its mouth and bite you and oh then, god that'd be kind of like yeah like not good but funny right yeah it's ironic you have this you just pick this rattlesnake head up and you just like throw it at someone while it's like biting oh, in the air like chatter teeth yeah oh get stuck i think we need to go to the hospital that would be awful awful yeah. no so so like rattlesnake i read an article it probably it actually wasn't a rattlesnake it was copperhead um, read an article like two years ago about a fisherman that picked up a bass with his hands. Picked up a bass, um, and you know the bass have like little teeth. You know they're not they're not bad. You know they'll tear tear your hand up. A good sized bass will kind of tear it up a little bit. Um, but it's nothing like it's like unbearable. Yeah. You know that's the thrill of bass fishing. You know. It's not like you're pulling a pike out of the fucking out of the water by the mouth. And got venom into him. Because the bass, a bass had ate a copperhead. Mm. Oh wow! You know, so, or some poisonous snake that got in one. I'm pretty sure it was a copperhead. Had ate the copperhead, and the guy had like reached in and gotten well, poisoned. Yeah. Not, not poisoned. Poisoned when you ingest it, right? Venomed. Venomed. Venom. Venom. Had a, had a Spider-Man, reaction. Spider-Man Five. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> or <laughs> Venom Five. Not Spider-Man. <laughs> Venom. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. There's like, like you know, sea urchins, right? Yeah, yeah. 
people in Japan, dude, they love sea urchins. They eat sea urchins are Can't super super poisonous. Them? Yeah, it's or, a, no, that's pufferfish, right? Uh, pufferfish. Puffer fish. They eat pufferfish too. Oh, if yeah, if, if it's you not cook, prepared, if you cook right? it wrong, yeah. yeah. So like, could you cook rattlesnake wrong? Is well, because you're, yeah, well, you're not getting. you're not you're not eating the like the venom like the glands that produce it. Yeah, the glands are all up here in the in the uh, the jaw. Um, so like, like they have glands that produce the venom, and then the venom goes. You know, eating certain things that create bodily fluids, you know, like, you know, you're not supposed to drink someone else's piss, for instance, you know. Yeah, it's usually frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Hey. It's not until you try it. It's not until you try it, right? No, no, no. It's like, Matt Marquesi was telling me, it was like, you can't drink someone else's piss, but you can drink your piss. Yeah. You know. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, you can drink your piss, but you can't drink someone else's piss. It's like... I can pick my nose, but I'm not picking your nose. Oh, okay. That is the same thing, yeah. Exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's how you get the coronavirus. <laughs> that's, that's how that's we, how that's how we got Guys, this is how we got the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. sure. Someone, someone picked someone pick, else's Brady nose. Brady picked my nose, and then he's now got the coronavirus. Because I have the coronavirus. Okay. All right. Now we're... You're all going down. We're all going down. So, like, if you prepare bull testicles wrong... I, what do you think? You're going to have a bull child? <laughs> You can have a cow? How could you prepare those wrong? Like, you can prepare chicken wrong. Chicken can make you sick. Well, it's because you ate it wrong. Like, I just don't know what you're referring to. Like, so that, like, you can, like, obviously undercook something. If you, like, eat some undercooked. Are you you asking if, like, bull testicles can give you some, like, salmonella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you get sick from it? I don't think so. I don't know. It's like, well, it's like, if you think about it, like, People eat like uh, like oysters. You literally just shuck the shell off, and then you just slurp it down. Like you're literally eating something that literally just came out of the water, and you're just slurping. And like that's where that's where they poop well, pee. You, you can eat raw. You eat raw beef. And you're cutting the testicles off of something that produces beef. That's a weird way to look at it, man. That, yeah. That's what. Huh. I'm, that's that's like, how I'm processing. So like, would you eat like I've had cow tongue. I've had cow tongue. I've had cow tongue. Cow tongue was. Pretty good, yeah. except for like the top texture. Like I could feel like uh, like the taste buds almost. Mm. I mean, like I don't That's like that. Weird. But the cow tongue itself was really good. But falling back to that, like, would you eat, you know, bull dick? You know, we give my like our dogs like bully sticks, and it's essentially like dried bull dick. Yeah, it's like dried up bull dicks, and they love them. But like, would you eat that? Uh, I. Could you uh, eat it? Honestly, you know, th- these questions are for the man Steve Ranella. That man has eaten anything on this earth. Yes, yeah, he you has. You should ask him about the bull dicks. Well, ask him about the bull dicks. <laughs> him send him a DM on Insta. DM. Hey, can you? Ruffles and Rills wants to know. Ruffles and Rills wants to know. Can you eat bull dick? You know, I've seen. Is this? Actually, he's actually got a really good. Uh, Guys, I forgot cookbook. we. We have our computers here. I have on the internet. Oh yeah. That's absolutely true. What are we? It's absolutely true. I have a smartphone as well. That's well, absolutely true. Can you eat? Can you eat? Bull penis. I like it. Uh, eat a bag of dicks. That's <laughs> that's what I got. It's got to be a, like a dog treat um, of some sort. So I got a Vice article. <laughs> I got a Vice article. I don't. I'm not a huge Vice guy. Oh yeah, Vices. Whoa. Now he's I a vice guy. I just found out some information. Now he's a vice guy. Yeah, yeah, bring it up. Bring this up here. Okay. 
Okay, this man tried both testicles. So you don't have to. Look at this. <laughs> Health benefits. Look at that. So bull penis will give you clear skin. And is that ver... Oh, no. Penis is said to possess health. Oh, that's just penis in general. That's just penis in general, yeah. Oh, okay, what about bull penis? Is this a picture of bull penis? I don't know. Okay. Is that what it looks like? Go up. Is that what testicles look like? Are that's like not... Up? Okay. Let me... Just because we have to get this out of the way. Yeah, we have to get it out of the way. And now, now I want to know. The ice has been broken, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. There you go. Right here. That. It's just like fried pickles. Okay. I could eat that. I thought I was going to be eating something like that. No, that's just what the people in the back say. Jesus, that still has hair on it. <laughs> it still, has, still hair. has hair on it. It looks like someone, like, like a cartoon character's swollen, like, hand. You know, and they, like, oh, start, yeah. like, Popeye. Oh, Jesus. No. Um, I'm trying to just, like... Last week, a grocery store in Austin, Texas, was slapped with a lawsuit after it accidentally sold bull Real penis. Real quick, how do you accidentally sell bull penis? You can't just accidentally sell bull The cut of meat called... Pizzle was apparently Jesus. labeled as inedible beef, not intended for human consumptions. Before the store's manager repackaged it and put it out on the shelf. He had a vendetta for some. So why why are they getting? Are they oh maybe they're like like butchering them at the store itself? Maybe uh, that's how. And he just accidentally put it out uh, to try it myself. Was I it meat Korea town? Where bullpenis is not only a regular on the menu. But it is actually one of their best-selling items. Okay, we could just go to is that Korean? So it must town? be like a fairly popular Korean cuisine. Oh, it's Korean barbecue. That's why. Okay, here we go. With slices of bull penis in the back. It's right here. So they cut it. They cut the penis. That would explain the holes. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my teriyaki chicken. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. Because it almost it doesn't look cooked. It still like looks. They literally just put beef cock. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you've got roasting on an open fire. Okay, that's descriptive. I'm glad we uh, went on. Okay, this so got it out of the way. So we're guessing, yeah, you can't eat bull. Penis. So forget proactive and eat bull. Penis. Honestly, dude, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of crazy. There's a lot of crazy things out there, like the a lot of people that were drinking the uh, their fluids from a uh, feminine hygiene product, boiling it in the water on the stove. Really? Don't mind me. I'm just trying to get this what, back. You want to dive into this a little bit more? I don't know if you guys really want to go into it, but we'll go into this. Brady, go ahead and uh, go ahead and pull up. Uh, I don't. I don't have a giant on the screen. It's it's not just just type in a uh, type okay, in type it viral, in your screen first. Yeah, viral viral uh, uh, tampon um, boiling. That is disgusting. Yeah, dude, it was all over. It's like a tea it was bag. Like, yeah, it was like the it's next big thing after Tide Pods. You have to be kidding me. Nope. There's no joking. And isn't it a conspiracy right now why the coronavirus has started? Oh, no. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Teens are now getting drunk on boiled tampon. That is disgusting. What? I get, I get like, ah, oh, like being, you know, like, oh, we don't got beer. Nothing is going to bring me to want to be like, hey, let me hey babe. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're that, fresh that. on this. Let's, uh... Thumb of that pack. Vaping vodka. Kids are weird, man. Kids are weird. Right. Vaping I'm... vodka. 
vaping. Just drink it like a normal person. That's the health risks to vaping vodka. I bet it's because uh, it's like a I forgot. It's like a vapor vaporizer, and you get drunk faster. Really? Wow. Wow. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Menstrual pad moonshine. Okay, okay. Kim, we gotta you, get. You gotta get off that. We gotta get. Yeah, gotta get I'm, that's, I'm going that's, down. A, I'm rough, going down a rabbit rough. hole right now. That's hole. a YouTube rabbit hole for a for a lonely Saturday night. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not. Okay, so hunting and fishing. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how do we even get there? The we, bull testicles. We were talking about rattlesnakes. rattlesnakes. Oh, rattlesnakes. 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 Yeah. So you can cook a rattlesnake yep. and eat it up, like. I feel like there's animals out there that, like, you probably could eat, but would you eat? Obviously, like, there's there's a line that, like, if it became survival. Yeah, like, like some people, like, don't eat bear. They think it's greasy. Oh, yeah, or, like, coyotes. Like, oh, yeah, but, like, people just throw coyotes away. Yeah, they take their fur and go. They're, they're a nuisance, but if you... When it comes to, like, a, like a moral compass of things, you know, yeah. when you, you take that life, you know, should you think about... You know, eating that coyote. Well, the thing is, is that the whole reason they're killing coyotes so they're not killing your cattle. Yeah, bring bring it down the population. You know, of coyotes because they're a nuisance. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're really a varmint. You know? Um. Do you feel bad for? But like shooting rabbits. But I eat a rabbit. Every time. If I kill it, yeah. Oh, okay, I don't really eat rabbits. <laughs> oh <okay. laughs> like, I I, did, I thought that was something that people didn't. Really no, no, no. Do. Yeah, yeah, like, what, you didn't think people ate rabbits? No, I knew people eat rabbits, but Especially I thought... Especially the rabbits out here. Like I thought it was home. the people in, like, you know, the boon in their cabin with, you know, people on the ceiling. Okay. Yeah, playing... You... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know. Really? No, I... I Rabbit dumplings? I've never... No, I've never eaten. Oh, my gosh, okay. Next time I go out pheasant hunting and there's some rabbits running around, I'll, I'll knock one down and we'll have some pheasant dumpling. Or, uh... Some rabbit dumplings. Okay. It's good. Rabbit's good. Uh, rabbit's very good. Rabbit's good. Um. You know, I, I, uh, I have a question for, for the both of you guys. Absolutely. So, uh, what's your, by far out of, out of both of your guys's, what's your favorite hunting memory that, like, if someone were to ask you, like, hey, why should I get into hunting? What's the one thing that you would tell them and the reason why you, um, well, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, could this be a hunting or fishing? Yeah, hunting, hunting or fishing, because I have a follow-up question afterwards. For hunting, um, it'd probably be my first deer. Uh, and my, my first deer wasn't some nine-point or ten-point. It was, it was a doe down in South Carolina, um, on a hunting club my grandpa was leasing on. And, uh. It wasn't until I got older that I realized that I, I prefer the hunt to be more personal than to just sit in a tree stand. There's nothing wrong with tree stand hunting. Um, full respect for it, you know, because you're, you're sitting there and you're sitting in the cold. Yeah, sure and that sucks. And that can just hit you, and especially hunting back east, you know, sitting in the cold for, you know, sometimes 12 hours really just cuts to the bone. But it was a, it was a doe, and we were hunting a food plot. And, uh, I was like, God, I was eight. I was like eight, seven and a half, eight, something like that. Yeah, I just turned eight because my birthday is September. And, um, 
I'd fallen asleep when I was younger. Like, I didn't have that, like, super drive to, like, stay awake for that long, you know? And, like, I didn't understand the patience that went into it. Um, and so I was, like, I fell falling asleep on my dad. Um, and all of a sudden I get, like, a little nudge. I get a little nudge. And there's, uh, like, a canopy that's covering the tree stand. So they couldn't have seen me when I got up. Um, or like moving or anything like that. So he just gave me a nudge and I could just, I looked up at him and he looked down at me and he said, he said, there's some deer. And I was expecting for some deer to be coming out, right? Like creeping out of the woods and into the food plot. They were already in the middle of the food plot. Like he was just waiting for a shot, I guess. Didn't want me to like mess it up. And uh, I woke up, uh, I had a single shot, 243, uh, Rossi. Uh, with interchange of barrels, um, which was like really nice to get as a younger kid because I could shoot shotgun and I just changed those barrels and I didn't understand, you know, how fortunate I was for that. Um, I remember getting on him, he was probably like, or her, <laughs> he was probably like 45 yards, 50 yards. Shot, I'll never forget, jumped like eight feet in the air, um, hit the ground running. Um, went and laid down probably 30 yards into the woods into some thicker brush that kind of took a little bit of time um and it was like my first time taking a shot on an animal and i remember like browing you know my eyebrow the scope coming back and hitting mm -hmm. me uh, but i didn't have like a can in the world like my adrenaline was going i was so excited i was shaking i'll never forget how just much my body was shaking and i remember being like i felt like he was so proud of me, um, and he probably really was, but it was just a really good, memorable feeling to experience that. Um, my cousin, my best man in my wedding is, uh, was there, his um, dad, my uncle, my grandpa, we were all separate. Um, and it was really nice to kind of experience that um, with everybody. And I'll just, I'll never forget that, you know, I've killed a good little handful of deer. Um, that was like probably the most memorable moment in my hunting life there's there's always there's always got to be that one story especially with hunting because you know there's people out there that want to go for the biggest buck or like you know sit there and, and wait for wait for one or do a drive hunt but when you can re like recollect your first ever kill and have like that get those get the get those like chills up your arm and you can like fit uh visually see it in your head and like just go straight back to that day when you're like, wow, this was an amazing moment. That's... I'll never forget the shake. Just the shake that my body just uncontrollably... I'll just be like sitting there, like almost like I'm shivering, like yeah. I'm cold. And every, every animal I've pulled the trigger on, you know, minus, you know, some rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that, I've had that feeling. And that feeling alone is what drives me to get out in the woods every single year. Yep. And... That's just a feeling that you can't, you can't take away. Yeah, no, there's, you can't take there's, away. No, there's no bringing that, there's no recreating that feeling at all. The moment I stop feeling that, um, <laughs> is probably the moment I should probably stop hunting. Yep. Because there's just no better feeling. <laughs> no better feeling at all. Yeah, I can, I can, I can agree with that. Brady, best hunting or fishing story? Yeah, I don't have like a, like a top one. <laughs> I'm always really bad about this, because whenever, <laughs> whenever everyone asks me, it's literally like anything, you know, 
whether it's like you know best family memory wrestling memories or hunting fishing stuff I never had like a top memory because I never really remember much but um, I mean I had a, I had a funny one this was not too long ago a few years ago I was elk hunting over in Sawatch Colorado and I was my brother was supposed to be like on my ass as we're going down this mountain and we get into these like quakies so all these aspen trees have all these fallen. I mean, you want to be loud as shit, walk through that. But that's the whole like mountainside. Mm -hmm. So we're walking down, and I feel like a complete asshole because it's like stomp, stomp. Well, it's not like stomp. It's like crackle, 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 pop. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rice Krispies. Yeah. Uh, but I hear, and then I hear this stomping. It's even louder than me behind me. And this whole, I let it play for a little bit because I think it's my brother. Because he was supposed to be right next to me the entire time. And then I turn around and I was like, Bo, shut the hell up. And as I'm turning around, it's this elk right behind me. And it's this cow elk. I had a bull tag, but... And she just bolts. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, frick. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. And um, then next thing I hear is just trees snapping and snapping and snapping and branches and I can tell you I mean it's one of those things where you can tell it's a bull because it's just antlers just snapping everything in its oh path and then uh yeah so I definitely easily I mean it's so thick that my my, my shot was going to be like 15 yards max because I, I was trying to get over a ridge where I could see a little bit more but yeah that I mean it's something I mean it's like those moments and yeah, I, was like, I hate it at the time, but it's so funny to me now. Like when I think about it. Where was your brother? I don't know. <laughs> I go down the mountainside and I'm like all pissed off, like, you know, what the hell? Because, you know, I know everything's cleared out by now. Um, and then I go down, I'm like looking, I'm like, where is this guy? And I just start walking down the trail. And at this time, we're like, I mean, it's like. Three, two or three o'clock probably. So I mean, you know, mostly everything's gonna be bedded down for you know the hot. Yeah. Because I mean, if you guys are familiar with Colorado weathering, you know, even mm -hmm. you know first second season of rifle, I mean, it's still you know could be eighty degrees. Yep. So, I mean, everything's gonna be bedded down. So I'm walking, and about to just go back to camp, and like, I'm like an waiting like an hour, like I'm walking on the trail for like an hour, and then I finally pop a. Uh, pop into him so he ended up like breaking off like one side of the mountain i went down the other and i never noticed my next i never turned around to see what the hell this guy was doing <laughs> until i heard this but yeah uh that was funny i mean and then it's like other it's like a bunch of little stuff you know like you know catching big trout with your dad or yeah. whatever i mean it, a lot of those like stuff that like just it's not like a single memory but it's all these memories that tie in my idea of like fishing and hunting like what it represents to me um, but yeah, I mean, the other ones, you, you want your balls to drop. I mean, here an elk bugle 50 yards away. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, your testicles will be hitting the floor. And I'm excited. You know, yeah. I went out last year, opening day of archery, um, with some Air Force buddies. And unfortunately, didn't have any luck with any elk. It was super hot. And yeah. We were just trekking up mountains and descending back down the mountains and never ran into any elk. We ran into some cows like there you go cows like moo cows like, like cattle cows yeah moo cows we moo ran cows. into some moo cows um and some sheep mm -hmm. and saw 
Um, what would a female moose be called? Is that a cow? cow is that still yeah, a cow? Yeah, a bull, yeah. yeah. Uh, cow moose and a yearling. Um, that was cool. Uh, Chase, the guy that was actually hunting. I was doing the filming, and uh, he got like probably 30 yards from her, and she just turned on him and was just ready, and then that's when he was like, he backed out. Um, it was really cool just being out there. Um, it was unfortunate not to, you know, fill a tag, fill the fridge. Um, but I'm excited this year to do my own hunts and get out there, you know. So there, there's, there's no better feeling than going out, even if you don't get anything. Like, you, you know, you, you know, you, with, with my family and stuff, we're always, like, we're all sitting there and we're praying to the hunting gods. We're like, come on, give us a good year, please. Like, we try and do everything that we can, like, from opening someone's door, like, just taking an extra step out of our day to make someone else's day better because, you know, it's, it's going to come back in some sort of karma. And every every time we've done something like that, we always get blessed by the hunting gods. Um, you know, so even if you don't get anything or anything uh, on that, that hunt that you did, you know, this year when you go out, um, you know, you're going to go and you're going to be like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the, for the experience. You know, if, I, if, I, if something comes across my path, it's gonna be great. I'll get a chance to fill fill the freezer, provide for my family. You know, throw a couple packages of meat to your friends, me yeah. and Brady over here. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it. I really do believe like there, everything happens for a reason. You guys probably didn't get something that year, just so that way you could be better prepared, prepared. for this next trip. And um, that kind of goes with my follow up question that I had for for the both of you. So with Rifles and rails. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's been saying rods and rails for like oh, two geez. weeks now. <laughs> um, so, you guys have a basically a, a a platform to say whatever you want to everyone that's out there. That everyone that's going to listen to the podcast, um, watch the videos, uh, tune in, see what what you guys have popping on like Insta or Facebook or anything like that. What is your biggest advice? To give to someone that's just getting like getting ready to get into hunting, but they're a little hesitant, um, and basically, what what would you what would you want to uh, uh, have them take away from listening to the podcast? Because there's podcasts out there, everyone has a podcast now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, not this podcast. Not this podcast. <laughs> not this. Not, 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 this, not these guys. Not where you can cover police brutality, <laughs> bull penises, coronavirus, and coronavirus all in the same, same one. Get out of here. Um, I'm, I'm going to use my cousin as an example real quick, and I'm sure we have two big opinions, and that's the whole point of this, is to have okay. opinions and options. Are we about to argue? No, I'm sitting up, I'm ready. We, this think, is a debate I, I this world's not ready for. I think for. Like, there's things that I prepare for, and you prepare for, and you prepare for, and we all do things differently, and we all have, you know, I don't kiss a dime and put it in a sack, I'll and... Do- that's another thing. Remember, I'll re- sorry, I'll, it's in my I'll head now. I'll cook it now. to you. I'll all sing right, it. I'll well, sing after it this, away. I got it next. All right. Um, but that's something that helps, and that's something that gives you that that kind of confidence. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna brag about my cousin a little bit. Um, he just got into hunting, like really big hunting this year. I've taken him out for the past two or three years now. Um, he's seen me hunt. He's seen me harvest deer. Um, we. I was very fortunate to give him that. Uh, 
basically setting setting setting, setting the stones for him to walk on. You know, he um he practiced a lot for archery. Um he was shooting every day, sighting in his bow, he was super excited about it for, as soon as he got it, called me. Um and when I flew into town, you know, I was hesitant because this was his first year, but then saw him actually put in the work and saw, you know, what he became as a hunter. Um, and through that, you know, through him, like, being able to see how I hunted, you know, the, the steps to take, patience was key. Um, I saw that, like, reflect into him. And I kind of had a flashback to that story of my dad, you know, looking down at me. I was just really proud of him. And I was very fortunate to see him, you know, take a shot at his first deer. He had a great shot. It was a little, a little bit angled, going over film and footage and seeing. Um, yeah, but it was a great shot. And unfortunately, the deer, somehow, he must have just missed, you know, just the right, you know, and you hate that. You hate that mm -hmm. you weren't able to, like, harvest the animal and clean the tag and, yeah. you know, put food on the table. At the same time, you're upset that you injured that animal. Um, but he did it well, you know. We waited, hunted several days, finally got the opportunity, pulled back, waited very patiently. And the deer, you know, I don't know how it is out west here, but east, you know, deer will just walk and just stop behind a tree. And then you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then they'll step out, and you think you have a good opportunity, and they'll stop behind another tree. It was the same thing. And then you got other deer that are paying attention to totally different things that could easily spook you. He waited, super patient. He was presented the right opportunity, took the shot. It was a great shot. Um, tracked it well. Um, unfortunately, he crossed a river, and the whole blood trail was lost. Um, came in the next day with waders, trekked through the river, went up and down the bank, didn't find any blood, um, and had to call it. And that was unfortunate. It was hot out the next day, you know. The animal was down, you know, it was already spoiled. But you still want to still wanna have that peace of mind. Um, and I think the biggest thing I could give, if anything, to this podcast would be to take the right shot, to be patient, and to have fun. Because if you're not having fun while you're hunting... <clears throat> why are you doing it? Why are you doing, you know, why are you, you know, I get, you know, going out, there, I'm going out there to get food and, you know, you can come home every day pissed off that you didn't come, you know, home with something, but then you're ruining the, you know, the fundamentals and the, I don't know. The experience of the, experience the, the overall as a whole. trip. Yeah, the experience as a whole. And, um, you know, thankfully he took it very well. And then two months later, he got a giant, giant buck for North Carolina and I was so proud of him he harvested it with his first rifle that he bought himself um and he's really like really impressed me um, awesome. I'm excited for this year to get back home and heck yeah and sling some lead that's legit what about you man yeah I, I think Joshua hit all those points that I think that we're trying to go to um I think the biggest thing is just preparation you yeah know, if you prepare enough you know same thing with it's like um, like jujitsu or, you know, like police, all that. I mean, you put yourself in that situation enough. Um, I mean, mentally and physically, then when you're in it, it's not gonna feel any differently, you know. <clears throat> so then you put yourself in like high stress, you know, weird shot environments when you're practicing. 
I mean, all of that. And I think that's that's the biggest thing, because then you're not going to feel as stressed or, you know, as confused when you're actually out there. But, but yeah, and then everything Josh said was pretty on point, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll just add on that. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, the the great thing about, about this is when you guys first started telling me about it was to see, like, how happy both of you guys were about it. Like, you guys were stoked, like, telling everyone about it, like, like oh, yeah, like, hey, like, make sure you check us out and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, like... This is this is gonna be cool. Like I'm I'm pumped for it. The thing that really like, I'm always trying to make people happy. I'm trying to like I do what I can, for the situation that the world is in. Um, without the coronavirus, um, <laughs> I'm always trying to make sure everyone's everyone's happy. Everyone's got a smile on their face. I'm always trying to say like, hey, how you doing and stuff. So. When the first time you guys started telling me about this, like just seeing the freaking smiles on your guys' face, like your guys' cheeks were freaking rosy, like you guys were so pumped, like nothing, nothing was gonna bring you guys down that day. You told everyone, I was like, dude, this is this is awesome, and even like even now, like like seeing you guys like do doing uh getting a little bit more involved with it, you know, getting getting the whole setup and stuff taken care of, it's it's the same kind of aspect as it is with getting ready for jiu-jitsu or going to do a, do, do a pro fight, do tournaments, go on your first hunting adventure. It's the experience and the memories that you guys are making. 20 years down the line, if you guys aren't doing this podcast anymore, you can look back and be like, you know what? I remember that time when me and Brady were sitting there and we, we decided to go ahead and start podcasting together. You know, and you can think back on all those goofy freaking outtakes of, of the couple podcasts that you guys have done and look back at it and be like, you know what? I was truly, I was truly happy. Those were, those were some good times. And it's, it's pretty cool to see that. Like, I'm pretty excited to see where you guys are going to go with it. I think the whole, like a big reason we started this actually was because we're sitting here and we're just talking and we were like, we could make something of this and we could, we could push this towards being able to educate and at the least entertain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, (laughs) I mean, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And it, on top of that, having great, great guys like you and Andy. Couple, and couple guys being dudes. Couple guys being dudes. Yeah. Um, so we have a crazy long runtime going on right now. Uh, but I did want to touch on one more thing that I've been, it's been on my mind. Yeah. Kurt, <laughs> Kurt told us about like the penny in the pocket thing. Yep. Right. Do you have any like corks like that in your family when you're hunting? Or fishing. So. <laughs> um, I'll never forget when I was younger, uh, sitting on the back of the truck, right? We'd be sitting on the back of the truck. We'd be talking. Um, it's probably not, not not really much of a ritual, but I take that lunch. <laughs> I take that lunch. Yes. You know whether it's a pack of crackers in the bag. Pop tarts. You ate it. You ate it because you were out there all day. There was no coming in. You know, there was just no coming in. You you hike in mile mile and a half back and wait all day just to watch squirrels and cardinals sit around. And while you're sitting there, barely breaking open your, you know, your pack of super slow peanut butter crackers mm-hmm. and someone like. That wasn't opening them at the same time. Was just looking at you like, could you hurry? Yeah. Could you could just you be op- any louder? Could you right just now? open that? Um, probably not much of a ritual, but I take that lunch. Yeah. I take that lunch absolutely. Um, I'm not super. 
I'm not like real superstitious. Um, nothing wrong with it. I just I don't really have anything to. No, I wouldn't say. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. Ours is just like a, kind of little funny things though. Like um, it's really only fishing that we do this. But when we drive up, we fish like eleven mile reservoir a lot. Mm-hmm. And we're driving up off twenty four. There's a rock that looks like a frog. Called Frog Rock. Um, if wow. any if any asshole points out that that rock looks like a frog, it's gonna be a bad day. Really? And then, yeah. And then the other one is if we go down. Um, so we go down, and then there's a farm that has cows on it, and we see it every time you go past. And the cows are always out, but if the cows are standing up, it's gonna be a good day of fishing. If they're laying down, you should probably just turn around. Oh. Wow. Oh, okay. Just put that rhyme one more time, Brady. What was it? If the cows are standing up, you're going to have a good time. Cows are laying down, you should probably just head home. The way I heard that the first time was, <laughs> if the cows are laying, laying down, down, you're going to have a bad turn, time. You're going to have to turn around. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to turn around. <laughs> the cow, if the cows are down. So we turn, were all in different ways. <laughs> if the cows are down, turn around. That's patent pending right there. For patent <laughs> pending. Well, uh. Kurt, man, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah, thank you guys. Yep. Thanks Appreciate so much it. for yep. talking and yeah. shooting the shit with us. Absolutely. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll catch us next time. Um, Kurt, any last words? Give my boys, give my boys a shot. Oh. Tell your friends. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Tell all your friends. Um, yeah. That's that's all. That's all I gotta say. Look for rifles and rails on uh the the big fight to win pro screen. Yes sir. Oh, heck yeah. Well uh I'm Josh. Brady. And this is Kurt. Thanks, thanks for, for watching. Yeah, thanks for being guys.